I want to take a moment to recognize one of our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. At The Real Asset Investor, Dave and his team bring their investors high-yield investment opportunities across several asset classes for cash flow, tax impact, and equity growth. He and his team are one of the top five ATM operators in the country, and they have an investment opportunity available to accredited investors right now in the ATM space. To learn more about their ATM funds that produce tax-free cash flow, visit therealassetinvestor.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. I'm MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com, CashflowNinja.com. And if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, you could do so at CashflowNinja.com forward slash subscribe. I would highly recommend it so that you stay informed of everything that's going on at Cashflow Ninja. I personally write those emails and I include in those emails everything that I think is critically important for anyone that wants to not only protect, but build wealth during turbulent times. I've got a fantastic show for you today with a great guest. Uh, he is Michael Cobb with ECI Development. Michael, welcome to the show. Great to be here with you, MC. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk about the, the things that are going on. But before we got on, obviously, we were talking about inflation, deflation, what's happening in the markets. Um, you know, you, you really are an expert on that and you've kept your finger on the pulse. So I appreciate your, your comments there. I'm sure you talk about it on, on your other programming so your folks know about it. But, but I appreciated hearing your thoughts on that this morning. So thank you. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, for folks not familiar with you and, and what you do, um, can you please share a little bit about your background and journey? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I started out uh, right out of college in the computer business and it's relevant. I mean, it doesn't seem like it might be relevant, but you know, I, I was very lucky. This was 1986. I graduated with a poli sci degree and I got into the computer business. What else do you do with poli sci degree? Nothing, right? I don't know. I don't know what you do with a poli sci degree. So I got into the computer business, but I got really, really lucky because I fell in on the PC side of things. This is 1986, right? And I can still remember how it, you know it was truly a revolutionary time in the computer computer business because you had mainframes and minis and, and these giant basements full of computers and these really smart guys running around running them and they were they were the savants right and right. then you had these you had these little weird things that were showing up on people's desks personal computers and I remember there was this big debate going on well are these things are ever going to amount to anything or is this a fad right well I mean you know here we are whatever 40 years later whatever 35 years later we know, like it was a revolutionary time. So you had these big things that were too big to fail. They're going to be around forever. You know, mainframes, minis, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, 95% of those companies are just gone. I mean, they went out of business. But then on the PC side of things, you know, millionaires and billionaires were made, right? I mean, I mean, the, 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 so so the, the, this revolutionary period, I always talk about is just an incredible you know, time of opportunity, 
revolutions are time for opportunity, right? And some people say, you know, blood in the streets, that's a different kind of revolution, of course. But, but you know, it, when there are big paradigm shifts, when there are big epics, and that one was a technological shift, which really leads up to where I think we are today, which is, I think it's actually, it, it, you, you, before we got on, you're talking about interesting times, right? Think about this for a second, MC. You know, back, back, you know, whatever, you know, 100,000 years ago, we were hunter gatherers, right? And if we were hunting, we had to go be where the, where the buffalo was, right? Or, or we had to gather the berries, right? Then all of a sudden, people figured out how to transform about 12, 15,000 years ago into this agricultural, right? We can actually grow stuff. We don't have to go gather it. We can grow it and gather it, of course. But anyway, but people started to settle, you know, 12, 15,000 years ago. But they still had to be there. Like they still had to be there to plant it, to pick it, to hunt it, to fix it, can milk the cows, whatever, right? Then in the late 1700s, early 1800s, we had the industrial revolution where we moved from agricultural really to industrial. But yet if people still had to show up at the factory. They had to work a machine or push buttons or whatever they had to do. But then in the 1970s, you know, these guys came along, Alvin Toffler with Future Shock, Nesbitt with Megatrends and some other of these futurists, they started talking about this concept of post-industrial society, right? We're moving into this technological society. And, uh, uh, and, and, and they were talking about how people could kind of work from anywhere. You could work from home. You don't need to go to the office anymore. Back even in the 70s and 80s. Now, now granted, the technology wasn't quite good enough back then. You know, you had fax machines, you had phones, right? But you didn't have, you know, the high-speed internet kind of stuff. But, but, but by the turn of the by the turn of the century, by the 2000s, early 2000s, like it actually existed, right? And, 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 but yet the model, the, the framework was still, I'm going to get in my car, I'm going to drive an hour in traffic to go do this. Right. And this, like it was, it was an industrial management model being implied, uh, you know, applied to this technological revolution, yep. right? COVID. COVID. Think about MC. This is staggering to me. This is staggering to me. For the first time in human history, human history, right? I mean, whatever, 100, 500,000 years, how long humans have been around, right? I mean, like for the first time in human history, right? Going all the way back to, you know, hunter gatherer work and the location of work have been decoupled. I mean, wow, right? I mean, this is huge. This is right. huge. I mean, I mean, this is as big as going from agricultural to industrial, right? Or, or from hunter-gatherer to agricultural. Work and the location of work have been decoupled. And, 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 and you know, we're really just, I would say we're not even into the onion yet. We're just peeling the brown paper off the onion on this one. Societally, politically, economically, all of those elements right, are, are, are at play here, right? We're seeing, yep. I mean, there's, and there's a lot of thrashing, right? We're seeing the thrashing going on because that's what happens in an early revolutionary change. I mean, this is bigger than, I mean, we've seen revolutions over the you know, over thousands of years, there have been lots of revolutions, but there have really only been three epical changes. So, so this, 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 by the way, I mean, just framing the, the, the conversation, right? I mean, it changes the dynamics of what people want to own, because it uh, because it changes the dynamics of where they can own, right? I mean, wow, wow. So I'm excited about this, as you can tell. This is <laughs> this is this is I'm very excited about this. Yeah. 
Uh, no, absolutely. And to your point, um, it, it's interesting from your insight, too, of being right there in the beginning, sort of this yeah. PC revolution and this computer revolution, because as you mentioned, you started to see some of the smartest people on the planet and entrepreneurs, and then, of course, capital flows, right? Whether it be yes. financial and human capital flows, they're all coming to a space, into a sector. And I mean, the next thing you know, you've got Silicon Valley, you've got incredible innovation, and then yes. enormous amounts of, of wealth being generated in a sector. So it's yeah. incredible to kind of see this now too. I mean, we've talked about crypto and, and the blockchain technology behind it and what's happening in there and all yeah. the many, many people going in there. So regardless, you know, markets in the beginning, like that market, you know, where we are at right now, it's so volatile. Yeah. But you you see the flows that that are moving in and people positioning themselves in there for this world that you were just explaining, where there's a complete yep. decoupling of location and where you have to work and you can live anywhere, um, work from anywhere, that kind of stuff. It's pretty exciting to, to see that. And that's why, I mean, we are definitely we're still very bullish on a macro level on that industry of, of just the innovation. I mean, it's, it, we just don't look at it from a day-to-day -day price, you know, uh, market volatility, but the things that are being created and the businesses that are being created there, it's, it's pretty incredible to see. And, and, you know, I think this, this is one of those times that rewards people who are paying attention. Right. I mean, I think yep. society, sometimes things are on autopilot and you don't really have to pay attention a lot because whatever, it's just good. The business is rolling, you know, whatever. Right. But, but this is one of those times that's going to be very, very, very good to the people who are paying attention. And obviously people like you and, and your listeners, right. Your viewers and listeners, because they're taking the time to tune into these kinds of programming to, to listen to people who are out there on the forefront paying attention to what's happening in the very specific places that really matter. So uh, yeah, th this is an important time to be, like you said, don't worry about this day to day, you know, in, in, in the market, you know, the market's always doing this, right? But what's this macro giant big trend and this big, you know, epical change? I mean, it's, it's truly an epic of change. It's both domestic and foreign, right? People are moving from, you know, the cities to the, to the country. Now there's, there's also, by the way, there are also people moving back to the cities, which is kind of interesting too, because look, pe people, people want to live where they want to live. Right. But you see these mass migrations happening both directions. Uh, but, but a lot of it's going out of the cities, right? Because, you know, I, mean, I don't have to live in the middle of a major metropolitan area. I can live in the country and, and still do my job. Right. And, and what's happening we're seeing in, in domestically is we're seeing the rents drop. Well, they did. Now they're probably spiking back up some. But, but we saw the rents drop dramatically so people could actually move back into places like San Francisco that were so unaffordable for so long. New York City, our business went up fivefold in the last two years, MC, fivefold. I mean, it, it, we, you know, I mean, it, it, it was staggering. And, and, and truth be told, we weren't really quite ready for it. So we, we had to play catch up real fast and we have, and we did, um, but we did not expect our business to go five times what it, in two years, right? That kind of growth, but it was driven largely by digital nomads. The remote, I call it the remote revolution, right? It's people who are now able to work from home and understand that home can be any place where you've got great connectivity and you might as well pick places that are lower cost of living, better weather in many cases, right? And then full of the activities that people love to do. And, and by the way, 
a lot of times people make the misconception that this remote revolution, these digital nomads are young people. And many are, and many are. But the place where we're seeing it as much as any, and this is really kind of cool, and we, we're trying to figure out how to market to it, right? But it's the, it's the pre-retiree, it's the person who's in their 50s, maybe early 60s, who's always dreamed of, I'm expecting to move to Belize, and we work in Belize, so I'll just use that as an example. They want to move to Belize when they retire, when they retire because they love to dive or fish or snorkel, or they just love the laid back Key West kind of lifestyle that's on Ambergris Key, right? But now at the age of 55 or whatever, they don't have to wait. Many, some still do, but many can actually move to Ambergris Key in their 50s, enjoy the, you know, whatever, the Key West lifestyle at, at you know, a quarter of the price. They can enjoy their fishing, their diving, their snorkeling, right? They can still work their day job, but at night they can go out to one of the beach bars and dance barefoot in the sand, you know, you know, right to live music for 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 peanuts, right? For 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 just in, a silly, inexpensive kind of lifestyle. And so, what's interesting is again, stereotypically, this digital nomad in the media is always pictured as this, you know, whatever this millennial, whatever thirty-year-old kid sitting on the beach typing or whatever on their phone. That's true; they are common. But oh my goodness, MC people in their 50s and 60s who are heading out ahead of retirement to begin that lifestyle. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's fascinating to see who's coming and, and what that shift is. Yeah, it's exciting. I want to take a moment to recognize one of our sponsors. One of the wealth strategy secrets of the ultra wealthy is that they make more income and grow their net worth every year and legally pay less in taxes. They also grow their capital when markets go up, down, and sideways. They grow their capital in economies that grow and boom, and in economies that are in recessions and even depressions. If you are a high-income earner and trying to figure out how to legally reduce your taxes while receiving cash flow and growing your capital, Pantheon Investments have a great opportunity right now by leveraging Pantheon Investments Holistic Wealth Strategy and its exclusive relationships, you can access an opportunity right now in oil and gas. This opportunity will help W-2 earners to legally reduce taxes, generate cash flow, and grow their capital. This exclusive opportunity will also position you to be on the right side of rising oil and gas prices. This is a limited offering available to accredited investors only. To learn more, go to CashflowNinja.com forward slash Pantheon. That's CashflowNinja.com forward slash P-A-N-T-H-E-O-N. And that's uh, one part of the ECI development where you guys have these real estate developments and projects in yeah. very, very... Um, uh, enticing and exotic places, as you mentioned, Belize being one of them. Yeah. Um, one of the things that that if when I kind of look at it too, what what folks can capitalize on, besides the fact that you can work from anywhere from your on your computer and run a business, is this cost of living arbitrage, right? We always think yeah. of arbitrage just in in our investment world as in you know borrowing money and then deploying capital somewhere and as an investor benefiting from that arbitrage. Um, and leveraging other uh, resources, but 
I mean, this is an incredible cost of living arbitrage opportunity for a lot of folks where they can essentially um, look at the world and the environment that we live in where political risk is massive. So not only do you diversify yourself politically, like, and we have discussions how you uh, diversify your, your, your assets also um, uh, in, a, in a way that makes sense from a geopolitical and a political standpoint, but uh, an incredible opportunity to, yeah, to, to gain a, obtain a second, second uh, a residency or a, even a citizenship, have property yeah. overseas that's very, very affordable, and then capitalize on this cost of living uh, arbitrage, right? But that lifestyle arbitrage, I, I, I wrote down the word arbitrage because I want to circle back to that in just a moment, too, on a different idea. Look, but, but that lifestyle arbitrage that you mentioned is absolutely spot on, MC. People, people can live on a lot less banking the difference, right? I mean, maybe they do have a great job, right? And they're making, you know, five grand a month, 10 grand a month, pick a number. But if you're living on $1,500 a month, well, I mean, really, really well on $1,500 a month, I mean, you can throw the other 3,500, five grand, whatever it is, into the bank every month. And boy, now you're talking about building real wealth because that money you can begin to do investments with and you build up a little nest egg, make some investments. And pretty soon those investments will start to do for you what you could, you know, what we all know they do, right? I mean, provide cash flow uh, over the long term. So yeah, it, it, that, that arbitrage of cost of living is, is a big one. Let me give you one other arbitrage idea. And I've written some articles about it. And, and we understand, like you said, in the financial industry, what arbitrage is, right? It's the difference between what's known and what's not known, right? It's that information gap. I always call it an information gap. And one of the places we see this is in Latin America. So you're right. We work in Belize, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, El Salvador. Uh, uh, we're, we're working on a, a project in Mexico. We don't have it teed up yet, but we will be in Mexico. Uh, we just bought our very first property in Europe, in Portugal, in the Azor Islands a couple of weeks ago. So, so you know, we, we work in these really cool, exotic destinations where there is certainly an arbitrage of cost of living. But here's the other arbitrage MC. And this one is, this one's really cool for investors because the difference between what's known and what's unknown is, is this. There's a fear factor. People in the United States, Canada, less so, but, but both countries, the United States absolutely have been indoctrinated, indoctrinated. This is the only country in the world that's safe. This is the only country in the world where you want to invest your money. Stay here. Don't go anywhere else. It's dangerous out there, right? Yep. And, and, and it's not. I mean, it is everywhere. Everywhere can be dangerous. Everywhere can be safe right? Crime yep. is local. I mean, I always use Chicago. I hope not too many people think about Chicago, right? But if you said, oh, Chicago is a, a dangerous city. Well, that's true, but it's also not true, right? I mean, how much of Chicago, if you took, I don't know, make up a number, if you had, if you took three or four zip codes out of Chicago, all of a sudden Chicago is a really safe city, yep. right? And so crime is local. So when you start to say, you know, Belize is dangerous, I don't know. I mean, no, it's not. If you took out then you know, of zip codes, but if you took the equivalent of three zip codes out of the country of Belize, all of a sudden Belize isn't dangerous anymore. Like crime rates very, very low, right? And so crime is local. So you've got this, you've got this mentality 
on a large part of the United States that says, oh, I can't do it, it's dangerous. The reality is something very different. Well, the marketplace prices this information, right? Key West, you can't own anything in Key West for under a million bucks. Probably someone will find something for 950 and call me out on it, fine. But I'm just saying, you can't own anything in Key West for under a million bucks, right? Right. You can, you can buy a beautiful residential condo on Ambergris Key for under $200,000. I mean, that's 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 like 10 to 20% of the price, right? right. And, and, and in a country like Nicaragua, the arbitrage is even greater because Nicaragua, they had a civil war in the 1980s. I mean, that's 40 years ago, right? They had a civil yep. war 40 years ago, but it's the only thing people remember. So, so there's this huge arbitrage situation there. Price, I mean, prices in Nicaragua are 5% of a comparable property in Southern California. The weather is the same. It's a semi-arid kind of, you know, Southern California climate with one exception. The Pacific Ocean is 80 degrees. You can actually swim in the ocean in Nicaragua because it's warm, right? Yep. But the weather's the same. The weather's the same. And so, but, but now you're talking five to 10%. So if it's a, if it's a you know, $5 million property in California, you know, it's a $250,000 property ocean. Think about it. Look, ocean view homes. You can own a home that's 200 yards from the Pacific Ocean, looking at the Pacific Ocean, 150 yards, ocean view for under $200,000. You couldn't buy that for maybe it's 2 million in California. I'm 200 yards from the ocean. You're probably in several million. We have, yep. you know, we offer oceanfront homes for under $500,000. Oceanfront homes. So you're talking five to 10% of California. That's where that arbitrage is, right? But yep. then coming back to this cost of living, now all of a sudden you can have a home that's $250,000, $200,000 right by the ocean, right? You can live on $1,000, $1,500 a month. Holy smokes, MC. I mean, right. This is, and, and, and for your folks, let me just say this, the 50 year old folks are generally buying a property, 50 and up are generally buying a property. The 50 and under are generally renting properties for six months or a year. And yep. they are truly more like the digital nomads, right? They're in for six months or a year, then they're, you know, they come to Nicaragua, they come to Belize, they come to Costa Rica. Well, next year they wanna go somewhere else. And then the next year you wanna go somewhere else, right? And so they're kind of bopping around. It's an incredible rental opportunity. Investor owners, right? That they're picking up that, they're picking up that property as an investment property to serve the people who want to rent either short-term and that's a different kind of thing or long-term. So those are two very different kinds of rental markets, but, but we have folks you know, that, that, that open up to both. So essentially there's two opportunities for folks that can capitalize on this massive, massive trend. There are folks that they actually want to physical, uh, physically locate there so they can buy a property, uh, whether it's, um, a home, whether it's a condo, whether it's a tiny home, which we'll get to in a second. And then um, they can actually physically live there um, and also established a second uh, dairy uh, re residency or even citizenship. And then the second kind of um, person that would be interested in this is someone that sees it, loves freedom of movement and location. So they're going to buy an invest uh, a property as an investor, whether it be a nice home, whether it be a condo, whether it be a tiny home, and they'll actually be able to rent that out to people that want uh, that essentially want to live abroad and capitalize on lifestyle arbitrage. 
um, and you get to uh, invest in that as an investor. The other thing that I'd also want to say too for folks, one of the, and, and this plays into, um, Mike, to what you were saying about the, uh, essentially the information, the, the disconnect in information is the one is, you know, the scary, the unknown. The second thing that I would also mention in the times that we're living in uh, right now, and a lot of us in the, in the freedom uh, movement uh, talk and look at this great reset that we're a part of, you know, in, in my worldview and paradigm, how I'm looking at this too, where a lot of folks that live in, let's just say, Western Europe and Canada and the United States and even in Australia or New Zealand, those type of countries that have seen, I would say, relatively in, 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 with comparable to other folks, more freedom in their societies, I believe that we've already seen it, that they're getting hit the hardest so where there was all this, always this doubt that, oh, I'm going to Central America. I've read about all these you know, dictatorships there and all these revolutions and all these things go, going on there. Um, is this a place that, that I would consider? I would say, wow, if you're in, in, in the West, Europe, Canada, United States, Australia, New Zealand, you've probably seen already what's happening in your countries. So if you're looking for freedom in the next couple of years too, and, 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 you, and you wanna be around freedom like um, people too, that are in those communities, this is also a great opportunity to plug into communities of like-minded people. Yeah, MC, it is amazing to me uh, that a country like Nicaragua was actually, I think, one of the freest countries in the world when it came to COVID and COVID lockdowns. Uh, we had we had over a hundred people decide that they wanted to own a property. Many of them have moved to Grand Pacific already. They have moved there because it is indeed a much freer country and a much freer uh, uh, place uh, to be than than Australia, New Zealand, you know, U.S., Canada, Britain, and and so uh, it just blows people's minds. But it's yeah, and 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 you you brought up the second part that's that's actually as important, and that is a community of like-minded individuals, a group of people who enjoy the company of one another. You don't have to worry about what you're saying. Look, we don't have to agree on everything, but but if we can at least agree that we're going to have you know you know real open dialogue, and we're not going to get censored. Uh, you know that that's powerful, and and these communities, and it's not just with with our you know the 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 the, the communities that we build, right? But but throughout Latin America, Central and South America, more and more people are finding the freedom that they've been really hoping they would have in their home countries. Uh, we've watched it evaporate. We've watched it you know go strongly the other way. I want to recognize one of our sponsors. Have you ever felt like a lone wolf in life? unable to engage in chats around the barbecue since you're doing things that aren't the norm? Enter GoBundance, a place where driven entrepreneurs, CEOs, or investors who are beginning to experience an interesting phenomenon with more success in life, the feeling of a gap forming between ourselves and many of the people around us. One day, we wake up and find ourselves surrounded by people who may no longer see the world the same way we do. As the trend continues, we become more isolated and even find ourselves holding back from talking about things we are most excited about with friends, family, or coworkers. Cobundance was created for those who choose to live bigger and more fulfilled lives of impact. This tribe is for men and women 
who want to experience world-class adventure, bucket list trips, high-minded conversations, authentic relationships, and an environment to learn and grow with like-minded people. GoBundance is a tribe where you are able to share your successes, struggles, ambitions, and failures without being judged. It's a framework to strengthen your journey in becoming a better man, husband, father, friend, and entrepreneur. It is the place men come together to live epic lives and to grab life big. If you want to learn more, go to GoBundance.com and hit the apply button to join the tribe and tell them the Cashflow Ninja sent you. So for folks that are interested to uh, at CashflowNinja.com forward slash ECI, there's information just on all the real estate uh, projects that you guys are working on and um, the yeah. opportunities that's there, whether it's Belize, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, uh, Mexico, you've mentioned um, El Salvador. I know some of the projects are still in the process. They're quite not, not ready yeah. for that yet. And there's also other very, very exciting uh, properties and in, 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 in exciting locations that you guys are looking at. So uh, definitely check that out at cashflowenergy.com forward slash ECI. Um, we spoke about a plan B and especially, you know, again, <laughs> bringing in uh, different countries into it, you know, which it just blew me away how uh, during the the last three years, they've been some of the freest co- countries on the planet. You know, just, you just, yeah. I just throw out the names again, you know, Nicaragua was one of them. Mexico was one of the other ones. Yeah. So it's very important for folks that are still looking for a plan B. The window on those things, are, it, it, it's closing of, of everything right. that we see coming. Um, another way to have a plan B and to diversify, and this is very interesting stuff that you that you guys are also into, is the teak uh, projects uh, yeah. and teak farming. You know, and the one thing that blew me away the first time I spoke with someone regarding this, and we covered this on the show, I was looking at that teak, teak, this is very interesting stuff. And then I spoke to someone in um, one of the family offices uh, that I'm friends with, and I said, is this an asset class that some of these ultra families are really looking into? And um, the person's response just blew me away. He goes, MC, this is like one of the go-tos for institutions, <laughs> for these families. And then right. I started looking more into it. And then I saw that Ted Turner's one of the biggest investors in it. And you had all these other families that were involved yeah. in it. And it just blew me away. That is, I don't think it's something that a lot of folks know about, uh, yeah. about teak farming and teak investing. So um, what, what are some of the things that you guys are doing there? And what are some of the things that excite you in, in that uh, industry? Sure. Well, you know, I planted my very first teak plantation in Panama in 1999. And, and I did it because I wanted, you know, the, the, that, that kind of generational wealth stewardship it is a 25-year cycle. And I think that's what throws a lot of people out, right? Because I think cash, when you're a cash flow ninja, right? I mean, that's you. So, you know, and people think cash flow is, you know, a paycheck every two weeks. It's a rent check every month. It's a dividend from my stock every quarter or every year, right? That's what people think about when they think about cash flow. But there are other cash flow cycles. And timber, depending on what type of timber you're in, is, is, is multi-year, right, cash flow. And teak, specifically, is a 25-year cash flow cycle. And I know that's a little shocking to people to think about, well, that's not really cash flow. But actually, it is. Because if you own a teak plantation, every 25 years, you're going to make a big chunk of money, huge amount of money. The ROI on teak and timber 
timber is generally teak specifically. I mean, it's double digit IRR, double digit IRRs. I mean, like this is insane. I mean, like a $7,000 teak parcel in 25 years, you know, the, 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 at, at current wood values, we're not talking about inflation factors, nothing. We're just saying the teak today, the volume of teak, and, and we do use the, historically teak has, has appreciated about five and a half percent a year over the last hundred years. So it's not, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a big long cycle. So, so we take that five and a half percent a year and we throw it in there, right? Because that's on average what it's gone up for a hundred past hundred years. But you look at a $7,000 parcel, it's worth 90 some thousand dollars at harvest. Here's why it's a cash flow cycle. Because then you take 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, pick a number, not very much money. It's replanted. And in 25 more years, it'll produce that inflation adjusted return again, right? And so the, the, the reason the family offices, the big Harvard, Yale, Princeton, uh, why these big institutions, family offices, and uber, uber wealthy families and, 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 and investors have it is because they understand that in order to perpetuate that wealth into the future for their kids, their grandkids, their great grandkids, they need these 25 or 20, 25 year cash flow cycles as well. So, yes, it is cash flow. It is a cash flow cycle. It's yep. just 25 years. But the advantage is that it's a huge IRR and really stewards wealth into those future generations in a way that almost no other investment can or or does where in the past you had to you had to invest millions of dollars right to buy you know 500 acres or pick the number right we've been able to break it up into quarter acre parcels to make it very easy for i call it the average investor but i i would say that any by the way anybody who owns teak is not an average investor they are an exceptional investor because they're using their brain to to you know to think about hey you know i'm going to take seven thousand dollars i'm going to throw it to the future for 25 years but we're going to get 90 grand or whatever it's a little over 90 right so so it's it's the quote unquote average investor in the sense that it's a, a dollar amount that many many people can invest but truly, the people that invest in teak and timber are, are exceptional investors because they're they're really thinking way outside the box and 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 doing something that up until now has really only been reserved for the uber wealthy, the family offices, or the big institutions. That's what I lo really love about this play is the first thing folks listening to this, and we've talked about it quite a lot on our show, is the mindset approach, where if you're just thinking five years. I mean, that, that's kind of, a, it's a very big, it's a trading mentality. It's a get rich quick mentality. You know, we're trying to think as a, um, as a, someone that wants to build and protect wealth for not just yourself and your family now, but for several generations, you have to bring uh, the ment a mentality of this long-term and long-range thinking. You know, one of the funny things that I've learned over the, you know, the, 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 the past 10 years too, is, um, in the United States and quote unquote newer countries, if you think look at when they were established, you know, when you think old money, it's maybe one, two, three generations, you know, maybe even a hundred years if you think that far back. If you think old money in in Europe and speak to a lot, you know, look at all these wealthy European families. There's you know, there's a family that I was was reading up on about. 
I mean, they're going back to the 12th century. They're a Roman family. They're not even an Italian family. They were one of the first families in the uh, the Colonna families in Rome uh, and one of the wealthiest families there. So that's old old money when you think in European terms. So, um, you know, from a mindset standpoint in in, in times where you want to protect and build wealth, you got to think long-term. And the second thing that I would also say is, you know, what fascinated by uh, me with this asset class is what did Teak, you know, Teak the trees do five years ago? It, It grew. Correct. What did it do ten years ago? It just there was no market noise. There was no, you know, oh, there's a there's an economic crash or a sharp pullback or you know a COVID lockdowns. You know, uh, it just grew. It just it, it just grew. did what it was supposed to do. It it stays right. out of the frenzy, out of the of the, the the craziness. It's something that you could touch, feel, smell, and and, and all the senses can appreciate. So it's real. Um, and the third thing, then saying that from from a diversification standpoint and thinking long term, you know why all of these ultra wealthy individuals and families have done this uh, in big institutions and endowments. And what uh, is, is, is great is that you guys get to make this available and have investors that are not you know, ready to be plugged into a family office, essentially be able to capitalize on something like this and include something like this in their portfolio. And because it's in Panama, there's other options available too, because you now essentially uh, are purchasing real estate, right? So there's residency options that open up and eventually that could lead to a party citizenship and so forth that plugs into that plan B again. Yeah. Well, you know, and 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 I'll just mention that we we really do have folks investing all the way from, you know, one quarter acre parcel for seven thousand uh, dollars to last year, 2021. Yeah, last year uh, we had a guy invest uh, between uh, uh, his Panama investment and his Nicaragua investment in Teak, uh, three million dollars. So so, I mean, we, we've got people investing the whole range, uh, you know, uh, across the board. So, yeah, it's an incredible investment class. And it does, in many cases, not in all cases, but in many cases, uh, qualify you for a residency. Uh, Our teak plantations are are both in Panama and in Nicaragua. And uh, in Panama, the the residency requirement changed significantly a few years ago, and it went from uh, $10,000 to $200,000, and then they they brought it back down. So so for a $100,000 teak investment, you do qualify for residency in Panama, and in Nicaragua, the amount is thirty thousand. So, so for folks that are looking to obtain that second residency, the Teak is a great way to make the investment that qualifies you for that. And then, obviously, there are all the investment benefits of, of doing that. Um, but the but the residency piece, which is why I was here at Freedom Fest, that that's actually what I talked about at Freedom Fest, and it was about how if you don't have a second residency, you are absolutely a prisoner. You are a prisoner. You are in jail. You are in the jail of your country because, and there is no key to get out. The only key to get out of that jail is a second residency, which gives you the legal right to live somewhere else. And so I, I use that example in my presentations that, that you know, that, that like, yeah, people don't like to think about they're in a jail, but they are. So a second residency is the key to giving you true personal freedom uh, because it gives you the right, the legal right, to actually go live somewhere else, and so uh, the the teak, the agro investments are a great way to obtain that 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 key to the 
key to the jail cell, right? To, to get out of jail. I want to take a moment to recognize one of our sponsors, Producers Wealth. If you're interested to set up your infinite banking policy correctly and have access to a coach that will help you use your infinite banking strategy to grow your business and your investment portfolio and having your capital work in more than one place simultaneously and protect your capital from market downturns, taxes, predators, and creditors, you can watch a presentation of exactly how you can do this at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. As a, a, a frequent guest on the show, Doug Casey always says, you know, your government thinks of you as a milk cow. Uh, be careful when they start looking at you as a beef cow. Uh, then you've got to have you've got to have plans yeah. in place before then. And I always thought of, you know, this was very, very fu- a funny statement. But looking back over the last three years, you're like, oh, wow, it's it. I think. Even for yep. folks in the in the that uh, of um, libertarian uh, mind and have a libertarian v- worldview, I think they were even shocked because they always kind of suspected these things, but to just see it <laughs> out in the open, right. uh, blatantly, it, it it's been crazy. Right. I mean, it ripped the. I mean, the emperor's new clothes. That story, right? I mean, it just ripped it and said, "The emperor's naked." Right. I mean, here we are, but but nobody wanted to look at it. Nobody wanted to admit it. Right. But yes, COVID. COVID absolutely exposed the nakedness, you know, uh, of the emperor. Yeah. Yep. You're going to have to, uh, you know, during these times, I always say you're going to have to have to survive the hard times. You need hard people. You need hard assets, physical things. So and physical things um, that are politically and geopolitically diversified. Um, because right. I mean, we don't have a crystal ball, but you, yeah, you have to absolutely uh, be diversified in, not, in that way too. Most folks, when they think diversification, they think, "Oh, I'm in stocks and bonds." Right? We, of course, cover so many different alternative <laughs> assets on the on the show, um, yeah. and I think. You know, for a lot of folks, even in our community, when they think diversification, they think in alternative asset losses. You also have to think of one of the biggest risks that's out there, and that's your political risk um, and how you're diversified um, if in, in, in the event of a worst case, uh, worst case uh, uh, scenario. Yep. What yep. were some of the biggest takeaways that you had at Freedom Fest and what are some of the things that, uh, you know, that, that, that are excite, exciting to you? Because there's a lot of obviously doom and gloom. We see a lot of what's going on um, and we can, you know, we can we can run through this obstacle course. And it's great to have a community to do that with. Always easier to go through an obstacle course uh, with a, commu- a community and other people rather than yourself. But what uh, just by yourself. But what are the some of the things that excite you and, and what you saw at Freedom Fest? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, one was this idea that we talked about offline before we came on today, which was the deflation, deflation, inflation, uh, you know, dynamic, right? Again, the news media is screaming inflation, inflation, inflation. And you know what? If you're a consumer, that's what you're seeing. I mean, you, your gas prices are up, your food prices are up. I mean, you're seeing inflation, right? But if you but if you look at it at sort of that big macro, national, international level, well, yeah, we're seeing the deflation of these big asset classes, stock markets down, gold's down, Bitcoin's down or crypto, whatever, right? So you so your real estate is flat, but probably headed down, you know, whatever, right? So, so, so we're seeing this incredible deflation, but the average consumer's not seeing it, right? So that, that, that was a big 
that was a big takeaway for me because at least it's being discussed in the open now, as opposed to, you know, kind of like what's going on. So, but again, you know, that, that was it. The other thing that was really neat MC was, uh, there were a lot of young people at Freedom Fest. I mean, in when I first started going there 10, 11, 12 years ago, I can't remember when the first one was, but about 11, 12 years ago, um, like it was mostly old geezers like me. Right? <laughs> you know, it was old people. There were almost no young people. And now a ton of young people, it's still mostly older people, right? Probably two thirds, one third. But yeah. the guy that spoke right after me, I'd never met him before, is a, is a, is a rapper named Zuby. Right. So we were in, you know, him? Yeah, yeah. I, I know of him. I follow I followed him uh, in, in, on different platforms. He's great. OK. All right. Well, so so whatever. I'm in the green room getting ready and then he's in there and we're talking, whatever. And, and I don't know who he is. And we're just hanging out. So but but he's a young guy. Right. And 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 like he's up on the stage right after me talking about, you know, some of the stuff he's rapping about. And right. And I'm just and I said to myself, this is exactly where it needs to go. Mark Skousen, well done, man. You're bringing in young people to be up on the main stage to talk about the things that are relevant in ways. It's all relevant. But to talk about it in ways that catch the heart of that next generation and 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 to me, of all the things that happened at Freedom Fest this year, seeing the younger speakers and the younger attendees and the engagement in a way that makes sense to them, yep. MC, that's it, man. Because if we don't pass this stuff on to the next generations, it's going to die with us. And 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 it needs to live. Freedom needs to live. And 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 we're up against we're up against a pretty powerful you know, onslaught, right? Up against a pretty powerful propaganda machine or machines, plural, whatever it is, right? There's, it's tough. Um, But the, I maintain, I maintain an incredible, so I ran into Rand Paul. It was funny. I was walking down the hallway with Jim Rogers, who's a big investment guy. And Jim and I are talking and whatever. And, and, and it's funny. I mean, people don't think, I mean, he's very accessible, right? So whenever I met him and I'm chatting with him, I'm walking down the hallway and walking the other direction is Rand Paul and his wife, right? with, you know, three bodyguards and, you know, security wearing the big federal, you know, badges, like secret service. I don't know who they are anyway, you know, whatever. Anyway. So there we are in the hallway, Jim Rogers, me and the woman I was walking with Kathy Nugent and then Rand Paul and his wife. And we're just standing in the middle of the highway talking. And, and, uh, and I asked Rand, I said to Rand, I said, Rand, how do you maintain your optimism? I loved his answer. He said, look, in any given moment, you know, in in politics, it was a political answer, but in politics, in any given moment in politics, you're going to lose fights, you're going to win fights. And it may seem discouraging. He said, but in the end, I remain optimistic because the voice of the people cares about the outcome. And I thought, you know, he's right, right? I mean, it, you know, it's up and down, it's up and down, but, but the, the voice of the people, we want freedom. And, 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 and he remains optimistic because he believes that the political process will continue to deliver the public good, which is freedom. But in any given moment, it may be, you know, it may be under attack. Um, so that was, that was, that was great. But, but, but the optimism MC for me is seeing the young, the younger people, the next generations who really care about it and who are actively engaged, you know, in this process. So, Anyway, yeah, those are my takeaways. Awesome. Well, one of the things that we talk a lot about uh, on the show, we talk about, you know, obviously money and, and 
uh, finance and business and investing and so forth. But we love to talk about legacy and leaving a legacy too. And it kind of ties into our previous uh, little segment where we talked about long range thinking and thinking in terms of generations. Uh, So one of the questions I always ask folks, if they cannot pass on any money, to future generations, but we're only allowed to pass three principles to them to uh, help them build wealth um, and achieve success in life overall, what would they be? Yeah, you know, and, and that's it, right? I think fundamentally what we have to have is the freedom to act, right? And speaking is acting, right? So, yep. so the freedom to speak, the freedom to act, but the freedom to act. And if we can't find it in our home countries, you know, the, the old adage is, you know, capital flows where it's treated best. Yep. And I think what we're going to see is, is that, is that, that, that people will go where they're treated best. And so the countries or areas that, that treat people better, we're seeing that in the States too. There's a migration around the United States. People, you know, entrepreneurs and business people, you know, are, are, are leaving California. And now a lot of people are going there too. It's not like California is going out of business, but you know, the very freedom oriented entrepreneurial people are many of them are, are leaving California to go where they'll be treated better. And I think many people are also saying, you know what? Great. I'm leaving California. I'm moving to Texas or wherever they're moving. Um, but it, but there's a whole nother group of people who are saying, you know what? I want to go to a country that treats me better. And, and, and that that I think is the key. And if we always say the principle here, the principle is find the place that's going to allow you to be the freest. And when you find that, you know, you will, you, you will be able to thrive in that environment. I mean, that to me, that's the principle freedom and being able to thrive are so important. You know, I lived in Nicaragua for, for 14 years with my, I raised my family down there, took a two-year-old daughter and we had another one. And I remember that, you know, in terms of principles, you know, I, 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 I hate to say I brainwashed my girls, but I did. I, I mean, I would say, how do, how do we work, girls? And the only answer was, you know, hard and smart. You know, how do we work, girls? Hard and smart. And they just kind of got that in their head, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and, but you know what? Hard and smart on the work side, understanding from a principles standpoint, freedom that allow us to work hard and smart and thrive. I think those are the key elements, MC, and, and there are others too, but but, you know, optimism being one, you know, optimism is a, is a big one for me. Yeah. Awesome. The uh, just want to reference uh, again, the reports for folks at cashflowninja.com forward slash ECI is where all the real estate uh, information you can find. And then also, if you're interested in the TEAK, there's a, a, a report. Um, which Mike and his team has uh, made available. Uh, that is at cashflowninja.com forward slash Teak. Uh, where can folks other than that too um, follow you? Where can they stay in form of the other projects that's unfolding and that you're, that you're involved with? Sure. Well, you know, I, I really like to have people come back through you so we know that they were listening to you okay. uh, on your program. And so I think we have an email set up, cashflowninja at ecidevelopment.com. And there, same kind of thing. Ask for the TEAK report. Ask for the residency report. We have a beautiful residencies and visas around the world. And by the way, MC, you know, you, you know this, but for folks listening, you know, we we are big about content and education. We actually have a consumer resource guide. If you're buying property outside the US, you know, North America, Northern Europe, right? If you're buying property outside of your home country, this consumer resource guide is a 
great document because you know we're moving from the land of seller beware, North America, right? Lemon laws, regulatory agencies. So when you go overseas, you really are moving from seller beware to buyer beware. And that's not a bad thing as, a, as, a, as someone who loves freedom. I love freedom. I just understand that freedom means I need to take personal responsibility. To me, freedom and responsive, personal responsibility are the same two sides of the same coin. Right. Yep. The, the challenge for us, MC, is that we don't really know how to think or act very well in a buyer beware environment because we've been coddled for so long in the U.S. and Canada, you know, in northern, you know, northern Europe. Right. So, that, so like we just don't really know how to do that. And so we've created this consumer resource guide. We started our company 26 years ago. And over the 26 years we've been in business, we've made a lot of mistakes. And when we've made mistakes, we've codified them. And some are business mistakes and they don't really apply. But many are, are, are mistakes that can be related to the consumer to say, hey, you know, when you're going overseas, here are 15 things that you should pay attention to. And, and so we created this consumer resource guide. And that would be that, the TEAK guide, and the residencies and citizenships around the world. Those three resources uh, we would love to send to folks who are listening today to, to see and just write, you know, cashflowninja at ecidevelopment.com and just write, you know, resource guides or something like that. And we'll, we'll send you the links to download them. I mean, they're, they're great. And you've seen them, you know, that the, you know, that right. they provide real value and real information to people who are considering something outside of the, you know, their home countries. Fantastic. Well, really appreciate you making those available and they're great. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed yeah. them and found them very, very valuable. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing um, so much value for all of our community members, our listeners and our viewers out there. This has been a blast. Well, MC, thank you. And, 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 and I know we're going to try to do this on some periodic basis. I will try to not be in a third world country called Las Vegas the next time so that we can actually get much better bandwidth. We'll schedule it when I'm home. Okay. And, and uh... <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. And thank you to you, the listeners and the viewers out there for spending your most valuable resource, your time once again with us on the show, everything Cashflow Ninja is at cashflowninja.com. And don't forget up to, to sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com forward slash subscribe until next time. Live infinitely. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.